I'm going to start off with Isaiah 54 here. I just want to read a scripture. It says here in verse 9. For this is like the days of Noah to me. As I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So have I sworn that I will not be angry with you or rebuke you. It says for though the mountains should depart. And the hills be shaken or removed. Yet my love and kindness shall not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace and completeness be removed. Says the Lord who has compassion on you. Now I mean if you're hearing this this morning. Surely you want to hear this again. So I'm going to read it for us one more time. Let's, let's listen closely. It says for this is like the days of Noah to me. As I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I will not be angry with you or rebuke you. For though the mountains should depart and the hills be shaken or removed, yet my love and kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace and completeness be removed says the Lord who has compassion on you. Okay, so I want to share with you just a little bit about God's goodness. The word says in, in Psalms, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, for years I said it, and I, I really believe it more than ever, that you cannot trust God above your revelation of His goodness. What I mean is no use for you to try and have faith, Try and grow in faith. Do anything to have more faith. Unless you grow in a revelation of the goodness of God. So as you grow in a revelation of the goodness of God. That is where faith comes. Or that is how faith comes. You can never trust God above your revelation of His goodness. And therefore it's so important that we actually establish the fact that God is only good. That we, that we get to know Him. <laughs> because the Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good it doesn't say taste and see maybe he's good maybe he's not <laughs> it says if you if you taste and see you will see that he is good and that is what's so amazing so basically if you you come to the person of Christ and you want to know him you're going to experience and see that he is good and that he is only good okay so God is good I love this verse. He says, the mountains can depart, the hills can be shaken or removed. Yet my love and kindness shall not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace and completeness be removed. Says the Lord who has compassion on you. It, in verse 9 it says that, he, that it's like the days of Noah. I have, as I have sworn that, I will, um, that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So have I sworn that I will not be angry with you or rebuke you. Okay, so God promises in this verse that he will not be angry with you. And the context of Isaiah 54 is just after Isaiah 53 where you see Jesus Christ crucified and a picture of Jesus on the cross. Isaiah 54 is just after <laughs> What a revelation. 53, 54. <laughs> okay, but 54 speaks of the church 
It says, O barren one, you could not bear children, break forth into singing, you could not travail with child. Your children, uh, the children of the desolate one will be more than the children, children of the married wife, says the Lord. And so it speaks of the church. And so in context of after the cross and then the church, this word comes and God says that I, was, I swore, uh, as I as I swore that I will not be angry, uh, that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I will not be angry with you. And so, even as I'm saying this, a lot of be believers, maybe you also had those thoughts, that for some reason, God is a little angry with you. Maybe He's just a little irritated with you. Maybe this is something in his mind when he looks at you that, that you think maybe he's not completely pleased with you. And so that thought is forever with a lot, or not forever, but it's, it's with people. And it just, just, just rests upon their minds for, for, for such a long time that they, they think about it and they think that God is angry with them. Okay, so God said, I will not be angry with you. This is the word of the Lord. I will not be angry with you. My love and kindness shall not depart from you. The hills can be shaken or removed, but my love and kindness shall not depart. Isn't that amazing? Isaiah 54, so amazing. Speaks of God's goodness and the fact that He is only good. Okay, I also said you cannot trust God above your revelation of His goodness. Now, the thing that we need to understand here is that the God of the old covenant is the same God. He's the same God. The God of the old, the God of the new is the same God. But we have two different agreements. And so, therefore, the dealings that God had with the people in the old was influenced directly by the covenant that they were under. In other words, you can't see a clear picture of who God is because of the covenant that they were in with Him. And so this covenant was an agreement between God and His people. So if you look, um, well, it started with Moses and the, the old covenant, and you see that. But even before Moses, there was the dealings that God had with His people that that foreshadowed the coming of Christ, but it wasn't the reality of it. So sin came in and had an effect on God's relation to man. And so the effect of sin influenced what you've seen in the way that God dealt with man in the old. But then the law came and then God was literally uh, obligated to act within the covenant because he gave them the covenant. You do your part. I do my part. There's positive effects if you keep my commands, negative effects when you don't. Alright? So that's the old agreement. I'm not going to go into the detail of what happened that God just left His protection and the plagues came upon Egypt, that God sent the plagues. I'm not going to go into that in detail because it will take a little bit more, more time. And so what I'm just doing today, and even in my own belief system, this is how I see it. The cross made a difference. <laughs> so my starting point in the way I view God is basically the cross, and there is where I start. 
Alright, so through the lens of the cross, I view everything that I see in the Bible. And it makes, it makes so much sense. Everything just opens up when you start seeing the word through the cross. You start seeing and looking through, almost through the, through the, um, the lenses of the cross. And, and I said it to people previously, I do read the Bible um, with a specific perspective. I read through the cross. And therefore, I see myself already in the new, perfect, in Christ because of what he did. All right. So, okay, that's the difference between the, or there's a difference between the two agreements, the old agreement and the new agreement. The way God dealt with the people in the old is not the same as the new because of the two different agreements. And so, therefore, we have to understand the, the new agreement to really understand how God will deal with us today and how we can relate to Him today. Okay, so this is the this is what you need to, to get today. The difference between the old and the new agreement and the way God dealt with His people. But here God says, I, as I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn, this is God speaking, that I will not be angry with you or rebuke you. So if you are thinking today that God is angry with you, you are thinking wrong. <laughs> That's not the truth. If you are in Christ, He's absolutely pleased with you. He said about Christ, His Son, He said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And now, because you are in Christ, you believe in Him, you became one with Him, God views you in that perspective and He says, This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Alright, so after the cross, because of the fact that you are in Christ, I can truly and honestly say that God is pleased with you. God is not angry with you. And His love and His kindness will not depart from you. Can we just settle that? Like I said, we're not going to go into theological debates about what happened in Egypt. God sent the plagues, that He lift His hand and the plagues came. For me, that's not relevant to get the answers of those things. The Bible says God sent the plagues. That's the way I see it, right? But the point for me is that the same God of the old is the same God of the new. But God said... <laughs> I will not be angry with you. I will not rebuke you. My love and kindness shall not depart from you. That is the essence. That's, that's what I need to believe. That's what I need to see today. I will not rebuke you. I will not be angry with you. And my love and kindness will not depart from you. Isn't that good news? That is the word of the Lord. And that is the truth. No matter what you believe, this still is the truth. This is the truth about how God sees you and how He feels about you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. All right. So, I'm going to just share a little bit about God's goodness. The fact that God is only good. And the way that we can relate to Him today in the New Testament, we can expect only goodness. Nothing. One day I, I prayed this prayer and I was a student. I just came to the Lord. I just got to know Him. And I was speaking to some of my friends and the one guy would say, you know, sickness is God's way of teaching us a lesson. Um, when we go through suffering, we're building character. All those things I've heard. And I felt like I couldn't understand why everything is going so good with me. Because since the day 
I received Christ. Everything was just perfect. It felt so good. I'm talking about those days. It's still the same. And I felt so happy. I'm blessed. I'm a Christian. Everything is so great. But yet in my mind, I hear other Christians say you have to go through tough times and God is, is dealing with you through the sufferings and stuff. And so I was thinking about this and I was really perplexed in my mind. I was thinking, yo, I just need to know the truth now. <laughs> All right. So, and here's what happened. I went to a garden outside the residence that I stayed in and I just prayed. I said, Lord, I, I want you to send a little bit of suffering and tough times across my path and that I can grow spiritually. And God didn't answer that prayer, but he gave me a scripture. He said, go read James 1, James 1 verse 16 and 17. And so I paged there at that time. I didn't really know the word, so I didn't know what was the scripture. But let me read it to you today. This is a personal answer that I got in a time that I asked God to send me some suffering to form my character, <laughs> to make me a better person. I'm going to deal with all those ideas today. I hope you are ready after this broadcast that you're going to have a revelation that God is only good, that he has no dealing with you on the outside, sending all kinds of sufferings to teach you, sending you through a desert, all those things. I'm going to deal with, deal with it today and I pray that you'll be set free from it forever, thinking that God has a hand in any of those things. The way you know God is through a relationship. That's the way you know God. That's the only way you can know Him. It's through the Spirit as He reveals Himself through the Word. You don't get to know God through outward circumstances. You get to know Him through the Word. And when you face outward circumstances, you have to look away from them unto the Word and allow the Word to transform your heart so that you are able to, to withstand and change the circumstances. So you don't change the word based on what you go through. You grow in a revelation of the word and change what you go through. <laughs> I hope this makes sense and I believe someone is hearing me today. All right, James chapter 1, are you ready? Verse 16, do not be misled. Now imagine I was, I was really misled, thinking that God sent suffering to teach us. God wants us to go through tough times to... To build our character, sickness is a blessing from God. All those things that I believed, right? That was wrong. I believed that. And so God answers me. He says, go to James 1 verse 16 and 17. And I didn't know what it said. And there I read for the first time, do not be misled, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, every perfect gift, the Amplified says free, large and full gift is from above it comes down from the father of light in whom there can be no variation or shadow cast by his turning every good gift every perfect gift comes from above comes from the father of light in whom there can be no variation or shadow cast by his turning all right so every good gift every perfect gift Imagine God answered me and he said, Madness, only good things comes from me. I'm the father of light and there's no darkness in me. What a revelation. What a revelation of his goodness. So from that day, I accepted the fact that whatever I go through in life, if it's not perfect and if it's not good, it is not of God. So can I help you today? 
If it's not a good and perfect gift, it is not of God. And God is not working in your life mysteriously through all kinds of evil plans and schemes and suffering. All right, so let me just take it a little bit slow, slow today, this morning. Suffering came into this world, or any form of suffering is a result of the fallen world that we live in. All right, so I'm not saying Christians only go through life and they never experience any suffering, everything is perfect in life. I'm not saying that. Even though that is the plan of God, I'm not saying even as I'm standing here, it hasn't been my life like that up till this point. I went through stuff. But the, the, the reason or... The, um, the, the reason this, the things that we go through, the reason that they are here is because of the fall of man. And so there's a fallen world and the effects of the fall. And so if you see that and you understand that that wasn't God's original plan. If you want to find God's original plan, you go before the fall of man and you see how he created everything perfect. He made man and, and it, was, it was very good. He made creation and he said, he said it was good. So everything was good and perfect. There was no sickness, no death, no suffering, no pestilence, no nothing. Just goodness, all right, in the beginning. But then the fall of man came and the effects of the fall is, is what we see today in this world. And so it's so simple. If you understand, he created everything perfect. The fall happened and the effects of it is here, all right? Now, we go through those things and we experience it in life. But Christ is in us as believers. And we have His Spirit within us. And His Spirit and His grace is upon us. That we can go through life looking at Him, seeing the truth about who He is, and experiencing that life on this earth. And therefore, by the grace that we have received, we impact the world that we live in. And so... Christians, the most dangerous thing that we can do is to interpret God's word through the things that we go through. You have to interpret God's word through His Spirit that reveals the truth. And then the things that you go through, you will start to influence the world that you live in. Um, the world that you live in and the circumstances can always change. God's word will never ever change. <laughs> The world is constantly changing in different aspects, good and bad. But God's word will never, ever change. And if we, we, we get anchored into that word or get fixed on that word, we will be able to bring the change that's needed. But the only way we can do that is by looking away from what's around us and, and, and looking unto Jesus, seeing the truth about who Jesus is, and then and then by faith, we will start to act and change the situations around us. Alright, so the world we live in is not perfect. But God is perfect. Every good gift comes from above. Every form of suffering, that includes persecution of the church. It includes any form of suffering, sickness, poverty, you name it, hunger. Any form of suffering, listen closely, any form of suffering has its origin in the fall of man and it's, effect, it's an effect of the fall. That's it. Therefore, God has no hand in it. It was simply, it simply entered because of the effects of the fall. 
All right. So if you think about this, this will really help you. It, it's here today because of the fall. God came and sent his son Jesus and he died for us on the cross. He suffered in our place. He took our sin upon himself. The effect, uh, sin and the effects of sin came upon the body of Jesus Christ when he died on the cross. So what happened through the fall, Christ came and corrected it through the cross. All right. So what happened through the fall, the effects of the fall, Christ came and corrected it through the cross. He took our punishment upon himself. He took our sin upon himself. He was punished. He was bruised. He, he, he took it all upon himself and he cried out, it is finished. And when he said it is finished, he, he restored the original creation. And he, it's, it's like he brought God's perfect plan into being. And, and now everything changed because of the cross. Everything changed because of what he did. The way we relate to God now is completely different. It's now all based on what he accomplished for us. That's why the old agreement is like a covenant. You do your part, God will do his part. But the new agreement is a testament. The testament is, is simply God did our part <laughs> through Jesus Christ. All right, so we're still in an agreement with God, but it's not like we do our part and he, do, he will do his part. We have to believe in the part that he did. <laughs> and when we believe in, the, in what he did, we will receive the benefits of the agreement. Isn't that amazing? Believing in the part of Christ, in believing in what he did for us, is us receiving the benefits of the agreement. It's now a free gift. It's no longer a covenant. You do your part, God will do his part. It's a free gift. So God is good in his nature, his love. All right. So I'm going to track back and then just go on from there. God is only good. But sin came in and the effects of sin happened and came to the world. Now we see a picture and then the, the, the agreement that God had with his people. In the beginning, there was no law, but God came to Abraham. God came to different people and, and he foreshadowed a lot of times the cross and what's going to happen. All right. But there was still not... The it was still not the time after the cross where Christ came and corrected and perfected everything. All right. So he had dealings with Abraham and you can see it clearly and it foreshadows the, the gospel. But then Moses came or the agreement came to Moses and that was the agreement of the law. And that time period was until Christ should come. All right. So you read in Galatians 3, it says until the seed should come. It should be in effect until the seed would come and did the seed come yes it did christ came so the seed came the agreement is done it's finished okay so the way god dealt with people before the cross and the way he's dealing with us after the, after the cross is completely different based on the agreement but god in essence is good and he was always good even in the old he said he, he, he said um the word says the Lord is gracious and compassionate. David said it, slow to anger and rich in love. And so in nature, God was always love. God is always good. If you can just settle that, God is good and God is love. Sin came in, distorted creation. The dealings of God with his people changed because of sin. Sin was a barrier between God and his people. Christ came, removed the barrier 
and brought perfect reconciliation, forgiveness of sins. <laughs> right? That's, that's just a, a story in short. So he basically restored everything that was lost through Adam. Christ restored it and brought it into God's perfect plan. That was the perfect plan of God. All right. After the cross. Now I read to you out of Isaiah 54 that God saw, as I said, as I saw that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So have I sworn that I will not be angry with you or rebuke you. Have I, as I saw, swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. So have I sworn that I will not be angry with you or rebuke you. And then he says, um, the mountains can depart, the hills can be shaken or removed. Yet my love and kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace and completeness be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. All right, are you still following? So God's love and God's kindness cannot depart from you and will not depart from you. He's, he will not be angry with you and he will not rebuke you. Now, that is the agreement that we live in. And that is the way we see and view God. Now, what can you expect from God in this new agreement? What, what is your expectation? What do you expect from Him? The only thing you can get from God now, the only thing that you can expect now, is to see and experience His goodness and His love. As That's the only thing that you can expect of Him. As a believer in Christ, the only expectation you can have of God is good. If you go through any form of suffering, it's not God sending it. It's not God teaching you through it. It is not of God. Any form of suffering, we already, already found um, the reason and the entry for that type of, of uh, experience. We already explained to you where it comes from. In Christ, you have been redeemed. You've been set free. And God is only good. Yeah, Jesus. All right. So now taste and see that the Lord is good. I said you cannot. The reason I'm emphasizing this today, even though a lot of you know this, some never heard this. But the reason I'm emphasizing it this morning and that I really am doing this broadcast is that people cannot trust God above their revelation of his goodness you cannot even start to begin to have faith faith is not existing outside of a revelation of his goodness and so you have to know that it's only good to in order for you to grow in faith and actually grow in trust and then you will see and prove to the rest of the world that god is only good if you read romans it says that by the renewal of your mind you can prove for yourself what is the perfect will of god so the perfect will of God gets, um, you prove to yourself what is the perfect will of God when you see God for who He is. When you see God for who He is, you will start to prove to yourself what is His perfect will. And the world around you will start to see, oh, this is God's will. So you pray for a blind person, the eyes open and people say, ah, this is the will of God. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. So you're able to prove what is the will of God? That is so awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jesus.